Hello, North-South Connection podcast listeners. My name is Rocco Martone, and you are listening to the Cronoso Daily Podcast, your daily dose of Noso. What we do here is chronologically explore each and every match from every big WWF card from WrestleMania 1 onward. We do that one match a day, Monday through Friday. we got a rotating collection of really cool and singular hosts, and today is my turn. This is my first entry and my first ever solo podcast. I am uh, Lou Gehrig today, meaning I'm uh, drawn number four. That means I will be discussing the fourth match of the inaugural WrestleMania card, held March 31st in 1985. It'll be Brutus, not yet, the barber, Beefcake, managed by luscious Johnny Valiant, doing battle with David San Martino, accompanied by his father, the living legend, Bruno Leopoldo Francesco Sammartino. <laughs> that is a, a lot of O's and a lot of names. So, uh, all right, let's get started. Uh, the setup to this match uh, was there really wasn't one. Uh, <laughs> there's not that I could tell, at least. There's nothing much in, to indicate that there was anything promoting this match or any kind of stuff that I could find, at least where I looked. Uh, I mean, David did beat Brutus in a good, by DQ at a house show like a couple weeks earlier. One thing I did learn in my research was that it was interesting to me, at least, was that uh, David was undefeated in his WWF career for most of it. Um, from his first match in September of 84 through this match, which, spoiler alert, he uh, did not lose, uh, until he left in uh, November of 85, and even when he came back later, he was undefeated. He never lost, which is definitely strange, and uh, it's just odd. I mean, he was more protected than... Uh, I don't know, insert your Triple H or your uh, penis in a condom joke here. Um, speaking of penises, uh, Beefcake himself was on an interesting uh, little thing going on in that month as he actually fought Hulk Hogan four times in the month of March before Mania. Um, he won two matches by countout, lost by DQ, and had a draw one week before WrestleMania with the World Heavyweight Champion, which is fucking insane and i don't know just imagine something like that happening like this day i mean it's just it's just never gonna happen all right on to the show uh backstage we get a very obviously pre-taped interview with bruno wearing his classic yellow announcer's blazer which he does not wear to the ring later and brutus and johnny v are both also also wearing completely different outfits than they're going to be wearing in the match later tonight david says something generic bruno wants to talk in a gina Mean Gene's there, and he kind of gives uh, Bruno a real quick, uh, real, uh, yeah, be quick about it. Just kind of strange way to, strange thing to say to Bruno San Martino, but uh, Bruno says, hey, Johnny V, you better keep your schnozzle out of my son's business, so you're going to get a big right hand right to the mush. Johnny V grabs the mic, he's all amped up, says some funny shit at Bruno's expense, and then he throws the interview to Brutus. And this is where we get the most bizarre part of this, and, and maybe any WrestleMania. He, he throws the interview to, to Beefcake, and, and Johnny just turns his back, completely eclipsing Brutus from the camera's view. And he says, uh, tell him what you're going to do, big man. There's a little awkward pause, and Brutus just kind of leans in and starts to make a raspberry sound into the microphone, like a one-man Zerbert. Um, I don't know what the hell's going on. The voice of reason, Johnny V, is like, ah, that's enough, I'm not going to let my man talk, I talk for my man. I don't know, I gave him the Bruno accent there, but, uh, and they storm the fuck off. It's funny, because, like, the camera barely moves, they just kind of move in and out of focus, meaning Bruno and David are, like, sitting right there while Johnny V's being a prick. But, uh, it's, um, it's very strange. Uh, I have no idea what Beefcake was doing here. I assume maybe he was doing a gram of coke, maybe, that he copped from Washington Square Park, which is right down the street from the garden. 
and also a place I once bought $50 of oregano from a terrifying man. Uh, the oregano was stuffed into a bunch of tinfoil. It, it was under the pretense that it was marijuana, but um, <laughs> that's a story for another day. All right, let's get to the match. We start with Brutus and Johnny in the ring after their phantom outfit change. Brutus's attire here is pretty legendary gear, as it's the same gear his uh, LJN figure would be sporting when it was released later that year. Uh, it's the purple cheetah print with the black stripes and those weird-ass arm-sleeve gauntlet French fucking made outfit things with the little metal strips on them. And those things are going to play a, a, an interesting part in the match later. Uh, I always dug that beefcake figure. He was, like, posed, given, like, the one-armed RVD thumb point thing. So, like, in my fed as a kid, Bruno... Bruno... Jesus, Brutus. I am going to fuck up those names a lot. They are too similar, and I already have a mush mouth as it is. So, so Brutus... He dropped the sleeper in this fed, in my fed, and instead used the Asiatic spike because he had the thumb sticking out real prominent and, and such. Uh, I used to imagine that maybe Killer Khan taught Bam Bam Gordy, taught, they taught Beefcake the move, because, uh, you know, it can only be alliterative names that use that move. Uh, we go from the iconic Beefcake look to David. And David, it, this is not an iconic outfit in any way, shape, or form. I mean, he's literally wearing, like, the same shit my Uncle Pasquale used to wear when he was swimming down at the, the local YMCA in uh, Kearney, New Jersey. Uh, David's just wearing tiny little red underpants here, just little little red pants. Bruno follows David, and there's such a big difference between the charisma of David and Bruno. I mean, Bruno looks amazing. First time back in the garden, the hair slicked back, the fucking jawline, carved out of granite. He's rocking a sweet sweater. He's running down the aisle like a fucking god that he is. It's incredible. People are losing their shit, just like I was watching this live back when I was a kid. So it's, we start off, we got Brutus stooging around the ring and David just doing kind of like straight up baby face dude stuff. Jesse talks about how David has the body of his father, and that's eh, not really true. He, he doesn't have the mobility or any of the physical brute charisma that Bruno has. David gets control early. Uh, Brutus is looking silly, doing the stooging around, and he doesn't want to get touched, and he's in the ropes and playing to the crowd. David gets his hands on him and eventually gets control. We get some leg locks. We get some ankle locks. We get some leg locks with an ankle lock. Um, there's an Indian leg lock in here that, from David that makes the Rocks sharpshooter look as snug as uh, Hulk Hogan choking out Richard Belzer on that uh, TV show back in the day when he dropped him on his head. Uh, it is during this leg lock that Brutus shows kind of that I he has no fucking interest in this match because this, this, leg, this, this leg lock is so painful and Brutus is in such agony. He's like, you know, what could you do when you're in a move like this? Well... What else can you do? You just got to adjust your little French-made arm sleeves constantly. Like, he's selling for these fucking sleeves more than he sells for the move that David's putting on him right here. Uh, he plays with these fucking things more than Bowie Ray uh, adjusting his stupid little shorts and his, pulling his shirt over his fat belly that he does his whole career. We get a cool thing from Brutus, though, where he kind of pushes his knees to thrust his boots into David's face and break control of the submission, which is really cool. Brutus gets the advantage. He's pretty athletic, does a couple of vicious elbows that I really liked. Um, David gets control back of the match again. We get a Let's Go David chant, and uh, David mounts a comeback. And in the comeback, he uses all his dad's moves, you know, the Bruno punch to the gut, the back body drop, or the back body drop, throws him into the ropes, and he gives him the big boot to the, to the body, which I always liked. Now, from what you heard me describe, I don't know, it sounds like it's in a right match, but eh, unexceptional, but, like, you know, fine. But, man, this is a long fucking match. And it is not great. But it is not bad. But it is not great. But that's not important. 
the beginning of the match is what it is. But then what we get next, the last minute, that's that's where the gold is, right? So David's in control. And then Beefcake gets a quick upper hand, throws him on the floor. And this is where Johnny V attacks. Johnny V attacks, picks up David, slams him, splat, right on the fucking concrete floor of the garden, right? David's feet hit the chair. It's vicious. So, like, when he hits the chair, his back just crushes on the ground. Before Johnny V even knows what's happening, though, he's blasted in the back of the head by Bruno. This is incredible. Because the babyface promised something in the pre-match promo. Bruno, touch my son, you're going to get fucking clobbered, right? And what happens? Johnny V touched his kid, he got clobbered. I love it. Bruno grabs Johnny, bashes his face into the apron as he throws him inside the ring. Now, this is where I have goosebumps telling you this part, because I love this part. This is the, the lobster dinner right here. Bruno follows Johnny V into the ring. The crowd is going nuts. This is, this is Bruno's ring right here, right? Big boot to, in the corner to Johnny V. Big old fucking Bruno punch. Punch again. Beefcake attacks from behind. And it kind of seems like David needs to be there a little quicker, but uh, it doesn't matter. Bruno doesn't kind of punch Beefcake because he's kind of waiting for David to come in and break it up so David could get a little bit of the shine and save the old man. Eventually, David comes in. He hits Beefcake. Br- Beef- Brutus gets a... Jesus, Bruno gets a punch on Beefcake and another on Johnny. And he whips Johnny into the ropes and does that fucking boot right to the gut move that I love. It just always looks so brutal when Bruno does that. Johnny V is rocked. Now it comes, we get it. We get the big right hand, the hand of God, the big Italian fist from way back as it clobbers Johnny V right in the fucking face, right in the mush. He flops over the top rope, which is cool as hell. I always like when a manager goes flying over the top rope like Bobby Heenan style. Johnny V eats shit and winds up in the arms of his man. The beefer on the floor, he's hugging him. Johnny V is inconsolable, unconsolable, whatever the right word is. He's fucking rocked. He's disoriented. He's losing his shit. He looks up and standing in the ring is Bruno, side by side with his son. His fist is cocked. He's ready for more. The crowd is losing their mind. And this is one minute of fucking ecstasy. I love this. I love this part of the match. I want this inside me. I want to snort it like Tony Montana. I love everything about this. With five punches and three kicks, Bruno got a response from the crowd that anyone would murder to get from this day to now and forever. To do so little and get so much is just so perfect, and it's, it's everything I love about wrestling. Another part of this match I really liked was the commentary. You got Jesse and Gorilla. They're great during this match. I don't know if they knew they had a long match ahead of them. By the way, this match is 12 minutes, which is longer than both the men's title matches on this card, which is totally insane. Jesse and Gorilla are having a blast. There's no heel face bickering. They're just chilling. They're being bros. They're hanging out. It's really great. Jesse gets in. What an amazing line here as uh, David is on his back. Beefer is in the front face lock. His uh, his ass is down, his head is up. Uh, much like Two Live Crew, uh, it's also the way they love to fuck. So Jesse proclaims, like, you, Jesse proclaims, looks like the crowd's getting a good view of the beefcake. And it totally catches Gorilla off guard. And Gorilla has just the greatest laugh. It's so genuine. And it's just two buds hanging out at this big ass show. Their interplay all match is really endearing to me. And it's a part of the match I just really like. Okay, so. How would I review this match? Well, all right, what did this match want to accomplish? It wanted to get Bruno on this super important card, and it did that. It wanted to set up Bruno's return to the ring in the garden, and it did that. We got the show coming up in a couple months or so, a big tag rematch. It wanted to get David over. I don't think it did that. I don't know if he ever got over or if he even could get over. And most importantly, was this an entertaining match? That's what most matches should strive to accomplish to be, right? An entertaining match. 
I know it gets a bad rap, but I liked it, man. I, I haven't really watched it too many times. I haven't rewatched WrestleMania a million times. And it was really fun just to watch this. It was kind of like a time machine. I watched it live when I was a kid. And it was just fun to watch. The commentary is great. It's an old school mid card match. You could say they didn't. They, you don't. You don't need an old school mid card match on WrestleMania. We didn't even know what the fuck WrestleMania was back then. So I don't know. But it's that last minute. That last minute is so brilliant. If you want to see what an over baby face looks like, watch the last minute of this match. It's everything I love about wrestling. And I can't imagine if you watch this. I mean, you don't have to watch it 20 times. You don't have to watch it every week. If you just watch this match, I find it hard to believe you can't be like, that was a fun 10 minutes of my time spent enjoying this match. But in that last minute, you just get, it's a perfect example of delayed gratification. We're just waiting and waiting for Bruno to get involved. It's like that Simpsons where there's the Yakuza that's just sitting there and they're just waiting for him to attack. And finally, Homer turns around and the guy attacks and we don't see it. It's a coiled spring. Like, we're just being edged closer and closer. We see Bruno in the picture-in-picture, and we know Johnny V is going to get involved. And as the match builds, and it builds, and we finally, it explodes. Bruno goes on a warpath, and it's the final stroke after being edged so close. And it's like a it's like a J.R. Ewing oil well just exploding all over my brain with everything great about wrestling. And I love wrestling. And if you can't tell, I love Bruno Sammartino. I love the last minute of this match. And I hope you do, too. If you want to contact me and talk about this and tell me I'm a fool for liking this match that most people probably say is kind of boring, um, well, my personal phone number... <laughs> not, just kidding. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. My name is Rocco Martone. I'm in all the... Jesus. I mean, my name is Rocco Martone. Talk about Bruno so much, I'm getting an accent. Uh, I'm in all the place to be in North-South Connection Facebook groups. If you want to check out my band, we're called Chained to the Dead. You can find us on Google Maps, <laughs> iTunes, Spotify, Bandcamp, Amazon Music, all the places you can find music. And uh, when you go there, you can hear some metal songs about Abdul the Butcher, Bam Bam Bigelow, and mostly old horror films. Speaking of horror, you can find my most recent podcast appearance on the Jenny Position podcast feed. As I guested on the horror film watch-along show Freak Out Drive-In, hosted by my friend Jennifer Smith. Finally, I just want to thank Aaron, JT, and everyone at the North-South for inviting me in and giving me this incredible opportunity. It really means a lot to me, and it really means a lot to me to talk about my man, Bruno Sammartino. Thank you, guys.